Welcome to the Nutrition Insight Project. I'm Hannah Saffold, your podcast host. I'm a dietitian, educator, creator, and mom. Here I'll be sharing with you my journey working on creating change in the nutrition world. We'll talk about all things nutrition and we'll go on some tangents too. I'm going to let my curiosity take the lead and I'm so excited you're here. Let's jump right in. Hi, welcome back to the Nutrition Insight Project podcast. This is Hannah. I hope you're doing well out there, whatever you're doing. If you're cleaning, walking, exercising, if you are driving, if you're just chilling, hello and welcome. I'm so glad you're here. As I get ready to do these podcast recordings, I take a few quiet minutes to think about what's been coming up for me, what's been coming up for clients that I'm working with, and what's been coming up in general. And one of the exciting things that's happened in the last two weeks is I did my first guest lecture for a university and to their their dietetic students. And the talk that I give is called Disordered Eating and Becoming a Dietitian. And giving these free talks to nutrition student groups, uh, people who want to go to school to become dietitians. Uh, the reason I'm giving this these talks is to try to help. Well, there's lots of lots of reasons, and if you've been listening for a while, you know that the Nutrition Insight Project is my attempt at working on decreasing stigma around nutrition students and dietitians working on their own relationship with food and their bodies. And as part of that outreach, I'm offering these free hour-long guest lectures to nutrition student groups, and I did the first one for this fall um, last week, and I gave a few in the spring, and, and those went really well, and some people, um, it's just been growing, so, so that's great, so I'm trying to do these talks as part of my efforts and outreach to reach out to students. Anyway, one of the things that came to mind as I was giving this talk and after was this idea of insight. And it's funny because the name insight is obviously in the name of the Nutrition Insight Project. (laughs) Because one of the students was so brave and was willing to share that as I was talking about disordered eating and eating disorders and how important it is for us as clinicians to have a good relationship with food, uh, this, this student was willing to share that they were struggling themselves and that, you know, that by listening and participating in this talk that I gave, they were uh, going to go seek out some support from a dietitian. And as, you know, as I was giving the talk and after, you know, it really reaffirmed for me how, how important it is for me to keep going. And it really did bring some more fire to my belly around this work and not giving up on it because the insight is, when I think of insight, I kind of think of that moment of, ah, okay, uh, aha, that's what's going on, or, oh, wow, it's kind of these moments of clarity around what's going on, and maybe looking at things in a different way, in a way you hadn't looked at before, and it's showing us parts of ourselves and learning about new parts of us, and so the student was able to see that not only that they might have a problem, but that the importance of of getting support. And really, that's the message that I'm trying to get home. So it was so 
lovely to have that message be received and again for it to reaffirm why I'm why I'm giving these talks. So we can spend a lot of time in our heads trying to figure ourselves out, trying to learn about nutrition so that we can work on our own issues with food. I, like I said before, a lot of people go into certain professions as a way to try to either work on their own issues or kind of as a calling after they have worked on their own issues. You know, if you think about doctors and therapists and dietitians and nurses, a lot of times it's because we've been personally touched by these subjects and we feel pulled to make it our lives work. And so um, we may go to school and have a lot of book knowledge around these topics like nutrition and eating and health. And we may even surround ourselves with information. The internet is plentiful with information out there around nutrition, so much to the point that it's really can be confusing and overwhelming. Um, but this, this moment of aha, this moment of insight, this moment of clarity is such a precious, precious, rich moment. And I think as clinicians and even as educators, and even for me as a human, I, uh, I relish in those moments. It's so rewarding to have those moments. And, and the thing that I think I'm realizing and I want to emphasize today is that insight in and of itself is not enough. Having that aha moment is really important, but it's not treatment. It's not therapy. Getting the information and knowing the knowledge, yes, it can be helpful. It can be empowering. It could even give us those aha moments of clarity. And at the same time, we need the behavioral change, that behavioral activation to start the process of change, to keep showing up. And especially if what, what we're struggling with is significant, we may need the support. And whether that support is from a friend, a mentor, someone in your community that you trust, or whether that's professional, therapist, dietitian, counselor, and so forth. Sometimes it takes having that outside person, outside of our own brains, to reflect to us what's going on. And I think as a dietitian and clinician myself, I want to also emphasize that oftentimes my work as a dietitian is being there in the moment with my clients, sitting with them. And, I, and as cheesy as this feels to say, it really is holding space, holding space for the feelings that come up around food and body and honoring how deep sometimes that runs for people. And when we have these challenges with food and our body, we can often lose connection with ourselves and we can lose connection with others. So I also see the nutrition therapy that I do as this really precious, intimate relationship, because let's face it, food and our bodies is very personal and it is holding onto that, recognizing the nuance and the layers and the context and integrating it in the moment with my clients. And I think it surprises people that, that that's my approach in the sense that they might be coming to a dietitian thinking they may be getting a diet. <laughs> they may be expecting me to 
tell them what to eat and what not to eat. And while certainly I can provide feedback to them and feedback to clients based on my expertise and experience, I see my role more as more relational and more in the moment and helping my clients reconnect with themselves and holding that connection with them in the room. And sometimes we have these aha moments and there's, there's a lot of emotion around them, either leading up to those moments or after, and it can be very intense. So it's being able to hold that intensity, hold the contradictions that come up, hold the cognitive dissonance that comes up where what I might be thinking and feeling doesn't match up, match up with what I'm doing. What I'm doing doesn't quite fall in line with my values or even if my thoughts have contradictions in terms of my values. Maybe I'm having awareness around what I want to change and recognizing that I'm not changing it. I'm not living in alignment. I had a client the other day say to me, this is hard. This work we're doing is hard. And I just looked at her and I'm like, I know it is really hard and really brave of you to be willing to lean into the hard, lean into doing something different and recognizing what you were doing before wasn't working for you and being willing to do the work to make a change and look at yourself with that kind of honesty and share that with me. Change can be hard and change can feel different and uncomfortable and it is in connection and support with people that I think really profound deep healing can happen. So if you're feeling like you have a problem with food, you know, what could be signs that you have a problem? Well, if food is taking up a lot of your free energy and free thought space and time, um, if you feel really rigid or out of control with your eating, whether, you know, if there are, is anything about your eating that is troubling to you, you know, there also could be other signs like maybe you're physical health is deteriorating. Maybe your labs are not what they, what you want them to be. A lot of times we may feel stuck. We may not feel like there's hope, but a lot of times our emotional state will, will try to tell us that there's a problem. So if I'm feeling depressed and sad and crying and overwhelmed, if I'm feeling fight or flight, if I'm feeling um, a lot of GI problems or headaches, those are just some ways that our body could try to tell us that something is wrong. And are we willing to do things differently? It can be scary. And again, that's where it's helpful to have a clinician, friend, mentor, someone who you trust to help walk you through it. Because it can be really scary to leave the known. Even if the known is really crappy, it can be really scary to leave that for the unknown, just with the hope that things might be better. So I'm here to say, I hold hope for you that things can be better if you're feeling unhappy, unfulfilled, out of balance. <laughs> 
but we know that insight alone is not enough. Although I do like that with my talks that I'm giving to students, maybe I'm planting some seeds of insight within the students to plant some seeds that them working on their own relationship with food and their body may be helpful to them personally and professionally moving forward. For some people, it can be really hard to make changes. And while those moments of aha are really amazing and can be really informative, it's like, what next? How do I actually change? Change can be really hard. We know that. It's kind of like if your tooth is hurting, you know something's wrong. You don't know why. You don't know what to do, right? You go to the dentist. They say, hey, you have this cavity, you know, and it's like we we can work things out in sessions. We can have support and have those moments of clarity and aha and say, oh, it's the cavity, right? Um, and at the same time, we can get the cavity fixed, but we still have to go home and brush and floss every day, right? So we still need to do the hard work and keep showing up for ourselves day after day, week after week, and be willing to evolve over time because that, that could shift with what my body needs, what my emotional state needs. We know that our motivation is for change can be really high in the beginning of a change process. But in that middle section, sometimes it's like, okay, the aha moment is great. I'm ready to change. I'm ready to start. It's kind of like that New Year's resolution, right? It's like everyone's really highly motivated in the beginning. And the motivation tends to trickle off in the end. So it's making sure that you have what you need to keep the new behaviors going. And again, sometimes that's accountability from an outside person. Sometimes that's thinking about what, who you want to be. Why are you changing? You know, what is your why? What kind of identity are you trying to form for yourself? It's like, I'm a person who, fill in the blank, what? Feels confident in my cooking skills, feels in touch with my body. I'm a person who takes care of myself and my body. I'm a person who feels more free around food. I'm a person who can go out to eat or eat at parties. I'm a person or a parent who role models healthy relationship with food to my kids. It's like every time we are doing a new behavior, we're kind of putting a marble in the jar for that new identity that we're trying to become. I'm a person who is in recovery from an eating disorder. So every time you have your snack or you have your dinner or you take your challenge food or whatever it is, every time you ride an urge, you use a coping skill, you're putting a marble into that jar of recovery. And the more that we can build our habits and really lean into through our day-to-day actions and thoughts and beliefs, lean into that new identity, the more solid we're going to feel, the more embodied we will be. How can we build more connection with ourselves? How can we build more connection in our healing and in our community with others? How can I bring myself into the real world and show up and keep showing up for myself and for those around me? We can hold so much and sometimes it's necessary to have someone else help us.
Sometimes we do the helping and sometimes we are being helped. All of us. <laughs> okay, friends. That's kind of a good place, I think, to end for today. I've been really enjoying these summer short series, and my kids are still on summer break at this point, even though we're moving from August into September and fall is coming. I'm, I think these shorter episodes are working well for me and my life right now, so I might stick with it in the fall. I know I called it a series, but I might stay with this shorter format especially if it's just me talking to you uh, on these podcasts. I think when I have an interview and I have a guest and I have a conversation with someone else, it's a lot easier to do those longer podcast episodes. And I would like to invite you, if you haven't yet listened to some of my first episodes, I've had a lot of good conversations so far with other clinicians, with therapists, and with other entrepreneurs. So Take a listen back to those back podcasts because I, I do think there's a lot of value there. And this is kind of building on itself. So let's see. Um, what other updates? I'm just going to say I'm really enjoying getting my hands dirty in the garden. That is an ongoing process and an ongoing source of joy for me, getting out there in the dirt outside. Although it has been quite smoky here, so I'm trying to pay attention to that, pay attention to what my body needs in terms of that. I'm welcoming a handful of new clients into my private practice as I've been credentialed with another insurance company. I've gotten some new clients on the horizon starting, so that was really exciting. Like I said, motivation is high in the beginning, which is great. Uh, And I hold hope. I hold hope for my clients and I hold hope for you if you're feeling stuck in your life in some way or another. I also hold hope for myself. I don't, I don't, I'm not beyond all of this. I, I am doing these podcasts to hopefully give you information and connection, but also for me to, you know, I'm talking to you all as much as I'm talking to myself around these topics and we can hold all of it. So remember we're all complex. There's always context. And however you're feeling, I hope you find some fulfillment, freedom, purpose, and love. So I love you guys. I hope you're well. And thank you for being part of my community. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Nutrition Insight Project podcast. Please rate and review. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you have nutrition friends or dietitian friends or anyone who you might think would like the podcast, please share. Word of mouth is the best way to get the podcast out into the world. If this is something that speaks to you and you want more information about any of my offerings, please reach out at nutritioninsightproject at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions on topics you'd like me to cover or guests that you'd like me to have on, or if you would like to be a guest, also please reach out. You can find me on the social media places at Nutrition Insight Project or Hannah Saffold. I hope you guys are having a wonderful day and that you have found value in today's episode. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.